Good morning and praise the Lord. I am Elder Marcia Blackwell and I'm bringing you greetings from Living Water Christian Center Church where the word is plentiful and the spirit of the Lord lives. On behalf of our pastors, our senior pastor, Theodore A. Faison, and our executive pastor, Linda Faison, we bring you greetings. We are glad that you tuned in, that you chimed in via social media this morning to worship with us. We pray that as the word of God goes forth by our senior pastor, that your hearts will be touched, that you will be blessed and that your needs are met. We thank you again for joining and please tune in again. God bless you real good. Be blessed today in Jesus name. <laughs> oh, we're so grateful. You have a God who is able. He could do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. And we're so grateful today. Ask, just ask Daniel. Ask the three Hebrew boys, the men. Ask Joshua. He'll fight your battles. He'll make things happen for you. Ask Jared's daughter, if Jesus will. Amen. We're so grateful today. We thank God for this opportunity to come before you. We are grateful for you tuning in. And we're grateful for your support and your online giving. And we thank you. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for being our God and our Father and for hearing our prayers. We celebrate you today. And we are so grateful to be sons and daughters of the living God. And as we enter this portion of our service, we ask that you enter in with us, that we won't miss anything, and that you will speak to your people, and we who have ears will hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying unto the church. But now we ask that you touch our ears, teach us to listen, and touch our eyes that we might see Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're so grateful today. We want to continue our study in First um, Peter chapter 3. Last week, um, we did a study. We called it um, Husband Trouble. We're going to do part two of that today. We want to look at um, the scripture again in First Peter chapter 3, verse 7. And we want to look at some other scripture in the Old Testament today. It says, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife, as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Amen. So it says here for the husbands to honor your wives as the weaker vessel. Now, when we talk about vessels, we're talking about physical stature. You know, um, many women are looking for a man, and they want him to be richer, stronger, smarter, and um, bigger, stronger, smarter, richer. Amen? And they'll, um, from what we've seen, they'll concede one or two of those things. Amen? But naturally, men are bigger and stronger. Naturally. You know, not in every case, but naturally. And so it's kind of saying that that man should be able to carry that physical load for his wife, okay? Now, what we want to also mention is that it shouldn't just be a physical load. It should be an emotional load. It should be a, a, a business load. It should be whatever load that she has. It's up to the husband to alleviate her of all that work and all that load and the stuff that she carries. See, if, if your wife, I understand that people are different and, and uh, many women are better with money and finances than their husband, you know, and so that's fine. But 
she should also be able to know that my husband has my back and my husband is going to do what I have to, what has to get done for us to um, work this thing out, whatever it is, the bills, the, the commitments, the children, the education, those kind of things. She needs to have confidence in her husband to, um, to help, not just help, but to lead and to provide. Amen? And we also expect husbands to able not just provide, but also to protect. Amen. And you know we expect these men to protect, um, to protect physically, emotionally, financially, be a protection, be a head. You know, be, you know, if the husband is the head of the wife, like it says in Ephesians chapter 5, he needs to be, he needs to provide leadership and use his influence to help his wife, and so she won't be burdened down unnecessarily. Amen. And see, what we learn in Genesis is that the wife was made for the husband. In Genesis chapter 2, um, the Lord said it's not good for the man to be alone and make him a helper, to be fit and proper for him. And so what we want that man to do is to appreciate what the Lord has provided you for, with. If you married her, you chose her, you married her, um, the Lord has provided this for you. You need to be a blessing. You need to be grateful. You need to want to make it work. And you need to love her with all your heart, like it says in Ephesians um, chapter 5 and Colossians and what it says in other places in the Word of God. Amen? Amen. So look what it says here. When it says honor her, give her honor. Give her honor. Give her respect. Give her honor. Treat her well. Amen. Treat her as she is your queen. She is the most important person in your life. Treat her that way. Make her feel that way. I don't know if you can make her feel that way, but demonstrate that this is real to you, not just in your words, but in your actions and your doings. And all that stuff that we did while we were courting, you know, we, did the, we went out our way, man. We, went, we did the special stuff. We got gifts. We did all these special things while we were courting. And now you've been married for a decade or so, and that stuff has stopped. And that's wrong. If we're doing that, we're wrong. We are wrong. We need to court that woman even after we marry her. Amen? Amen. So look, look at this. So we're talking about husband trouble, and we want to look at the first husband, Father Adam. And he had trouble, and he failed in some of these areas too. So let's flip down to Genesis chapter 3. I want to look at Genesis chapter 3 with you. You know, it takes me a long time to get this together. Here it is, Genesis chapter 3. Now, what, before I start reading this, I want you to know something. In chapter 2 is when um, the, the Lord had Adam name all the animals and all the creations and stuff like that. And the Lord gave Adam a command in chapter 2 of Genesis. He told you can eat of all the trees in the garden, but the tree that's in the middle of the garden, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, right? Um, you can't eat of that tree. Don't eat of it, okay? And then right after that, he created Eve. He created woman. So she wasn't there when Adam received the command. I want you all to remember that. She wasn't there when Adam received the command. But then we get to chapter 3. Chapter 3, verse 1, it says, The serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat 
of every tree in the garden. He is, he's, he's setting her up, y'all. He's tempting her, and he's trying to find out where she is. What does she know? You know, what is the information she has, okay? And, um, and remember, he's a beast of the field, okay? Um, he's not supposed to be in the garden. He's a beast of the field. But look what it says here. And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the tree, fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the tree, of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, ye shall not eat it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. So here's, what, here's the first problem, or the second problem. She, um, there's a miscommunication here between Adam and his wife. Indeed, the Lord says, don't eat of that tree, right? But I imagine, I, I imagine in my mind, because I'm not there, I imagine Adam communicating this to his wife and say, babe, don't eat of this tree. Matter of fact, don't even touch it. You know, stay away from it. You know, but the Lord didn't say you couldn't touch it. He didn't say you couldn't prune it. He couldn't say you couldn't put your initials in there, Adam loves Eve. He didn't say you couldn't climb the tree and make a swing on it. He just said, don't eat of the fruit, Okay. But I, I would think, you know, being a man myself, Adam's being real cautious and saying, don't stay away from it. You know, build a fence around it. Just leave it alone. Put a big sign up. Thou shall not touch. You know, those kind of things. But that's a miscommunication because to touch it is not going to kill you. It might lead to something else, but it's not going to kill you. And so here's what the serpent does. He says, in verse 4, and the serpent says unto the woman, Ah, ye shall not surely die. For God know that in the day ye eat thereof, your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Oh, here, see the setup? He says, you're not going to die, girl. You're not going to die. What's wrong with you? The Lord is holding out on you. He's holding back. He knows that the day you eat the, of, the, of the fruit of the tree, your eyes will be open. In other words, you're kind of ignorant right now, and you just don't know. Okay? But, but you, when your eyes open, you're going to know the difference between good and evil. And guess what? At the time, there was no evil. All right? There was only innocence. Adam and Eve were innocent. And everything was innocent. They were so innocent that the woman is talking to a snake and not fearful. Now, you and I, we see a little snake running around here. We'll, we'll jump back a little bit, won't we? Even if it's one of those garden snakes and we just don't know any better. You know, we're going to move back away because of a little bit of fear. Don't want to get bit. But she doesn't have any fear. She's talking to a snake. And I don't know what kind of configuration that snake was because it had arms and legs at the time. So I have no idea what that looks like. Okay? But she's talking to it. And she's listening to it. And instead of heeding what she was told earlier, you know, she, she considers what is being told to her now. Because God knows in the day you eat thereof, your eyes shall be open. In other words, girl, your eyes are closed. And you don't have everything you should have. And the Lord God is holding back on you. Okay? And you shall be like him. You shall be like God, little gods. Okay? Knowing good and evil. But, and the woman, when she saw that the tree was good for food, and it was 
that it was pleasant to the eyes, it was appetizing. And the tree to be desired to make one wise, because I want to be wise too, right? She took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. All right, so time out. Here here you go. Adam, she took the fruit of the tree. She ate it, and she gave it to her husband, which means what? He was there the whole time. Father Adam was there the whole time letting the snake talk to his wife, right? You got a snake in your garden. You know, don't let this snake talk to your wife, right? And so he's there the whole time while the snake is talking to his wife, and he doesn't intercede. He doesn't break it up. He doesn't say, no, babe, let's get out of here. Uh-uh, God said don't do it. He doesn't do any of that stuff. Why? Because he wants to eat the fruit himself too. He's also being drawn in. And here's the problem. It says that you're going to be like God. Guess what? Adam and Eve and you and I are created in the image of God. They were already like God. Yeah, they were like God already. They were like the living, not like little gods, but they were like the living God in the sense that they had dominion over the earth. They had dominion over all the plants and animals. They were in charge. They had the ability to make their own decisions. They weren't living by instinct. They were already like God because in the image of God created he them. Male and female created he them. They were in the image of God already. And so it was a desire to have something they already had. But because they were drawn away to their own lust and enticed, they gave in. And here's what happened. You know the story, but I'll just read a little bit to you anyway. All right. And so, verse 7, it says, And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And so here's the problem. Father Adam, husband Adam, failed in this situation. He failed to protect his wife. He failed to provide leadership. He failed to to use his influence and shoo the snake away. Now listen, far be it from me to talk about Adam in a bad way because I'm no better. All right? I'm his son. I'm no better. You know, and I've made some, I have some failures and some faults and some infirmities and some bad decisions as a husband myself. Okay? So far be it from me to beat up on Adam. But I just want to show this to you because we have the example in the word. Okay, we have the example of his failure here as a husband. And men and men of God, when we don't protect and when we don't look out and when we don't intercede, we fail as well. And it's going to be our fault and it's going to affect our spouses. It's going to affect our children and it's going to go down the line. Okay, and so the problem here that and you know the story. Here's the story. The rest of the story. Uh, the, they they cover themselves. They're naked now. I mean. It's just the two of them. Their husband and wife, they could be naked around each other. I would think. Who are they hiding from? Who are they hiding nakedness from? From the living God. And you know, we're all naked before God. He sees everything. He sees everything. He sees the inside. He knows the number of hairs on your head for you folks who haven't. And he knows your heart. He knows your thoughts. We're all naked before God. 
All right. So they, they cover themselves up. They cover themselves up. And then when the Lord, when the voice of the Lord, the Bible says the voice of the Lord walking through the garden in the cool of the day, which is, which I don't know if it's a physical manifestation of God or if it was just his spirit and his voice walking through. I don't know. I wasn't there. And, I, you know, I'm not trying to figure it out. But they hid. And, of course, the Lord knows where you are. You can't hide from God. Y'all, come on. You can't hide from God. He says, Adam, where are you? Adam reveals himself. And says, Over here. Why are you hiding? I was naked. Who told you you was naked? Did you eat of the tree that I told you not to eat of? And guess what this man does? <laughs> he says, the woman you gave me, she gave me of the fruit of the tree, and I didn't eat. You think he's trying to blame his wife? No. He's trying to blame God. He said, you gave me the woman. I was minding my own business, living on my own, independent brother. And you said it's not good for me to be alone. And you gave me the wife. And I'm grateful because it was really exciting to have a wife. I mean, look at her. You know, it was really exciting to have a wife, but you gave me a wife. So it's not our fault. It's your fault. You gave me the woman. Right? And the Lord, being gracious as he is, you know, he, he, he let that go. And, of course, you know the rest of the story, you know, how he, um, he, he spoke to the woman. Why do you do this? And she said, she told the truth. The serpent beguiled me. He tricked me. The serpent tricked me. So he cursed the serpent, okay? He increased the woman's um, agony and, and difficulty in childbearing, all right? And he cursed the ground for the man's sake. And he kicked them out the garden. He put an alarm system up there and a guard so they can't get back in. Because what if in the state that they're in, if they ate of the tree of life, they would be in that state forever. So did they surely die? Yes, they did. They became mortal at the point where they disobeyed God and ate of the fruit. Mm -hmm. They became mortal. All right? And death, they, they became separated. They broke the fellowship. Death is a type of separation. And the fellowship between God and man was separated. All right? And the Lord God himself had to provide clothing for him. He had to provide animal skins for them, which means what? Some animal, some innocent animal or animals had to die to clothe the man and his wife. Okay? So we had the first sacrifice. There's a lot of firsts in in Genesis, you know, not just the first sin um, and not just the first sacrifice and the first lie and the first death. There's a lot of firsts in Genesis. It is the beginning. Okay? So what are we saying? We're saying Father Adam, husband Adam, failed his wife. Okay? Now, I know there's some guys who say, but see, Pastor, you don't know my wife. My wife is headstrong. You know, she don't do what I tell her. She does her own thing. She's, she's tough. She's like her mama. You know, I'm saying, brother, listen, you got to do the best you can. You have to influence her with the love that you have for her. And what you do for her is for her own good. I'm not asking you to be a boss, to boss your wife around. But you got to be a caring, loving, intelligent and you have to pray for her. Remember, and Peter says, dwell with her according to knowledge. If you know how she is, you know how to work with her. 
I don't mean deal with her. I mean work with her, work together. You'll know if you know her, right, and if you're praying for her, and if you're in the spirit on the Lord's day, he will help you. <coughs> he will help you to accomplish the things that have to be accomplished. And when you disagree, he'll make a way for you to work it out. So the disagreement is not a break in fellowship. It's just a disagreement on how things are, you know? And, if, and, if don't, and don't quote the scripture that the husband is the head of the wife unless you're going to quote the whole thing that he's going to love her like Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. All right? Don't just quote part of the scripture like, I'm the head, and you know I'm the head, and you're supposed to be subject to me. You better quote the whole thing. Read the whole chapter, Ephesians chapter 5. Okay? Quote the whole thing and let her know I'm willing to die for you. You know? And how many brothers have said that when it wasn't their wedding day? You know? So that's the thing that we have to understand. So what are we saying? Husband, dwell with her according to knowledge. Get to know the wife you're with. And, you know, you, you would think that after um, a few years or a decade or so that you really know her. But people change. We grow, we mature, we change, we feel different about stuff, and you have to keep up with that. And I said it to you last week, there's some things you have to know, and she doesn't tell you. It would be better if she would say, now look, this is what you need to know about me. This thing and give you a whole list of stuff, right? Ah, she's not going to do it. And the fun part is learning. <laughs> and you need to find out. You need to be in the spirit on the Lord's day. You need to have a spiritual connection. You need to be in tune, right? So, so you learn these things without being stunned or shocked or hurt, okay? So husband, dwell with her. Know her. Get to know your wife, man. Get to know your wife. I said, Pastor, come on. I've been living with her for all these years. I know my wife. I said, do you really? Uh-huh. Do you know why your children can influence her and get their way and you don't? Because you don't know her. They know her better than you sometimes. Or they know it works. You need to know what works, too. And you definitely need to know what does not work. Amen. Because that's how you get hurt. That's how you get your little feelings hurt. This does not work. And come on, man. Don't be that guy who does the things so I can get what I want. Don't be the selfish husband. All right? Because that's not healthy. Be, be the husband that loves his wife even if you're not getting what you want. I have a friend of mine, and um, his wife had a real difficult pregnancy, and she had to stay in bed almost the whole time. And, you know, and we were talking, and I'm an older brother, and he's a younger man, and I said, and I gave him some advice. I said, listen, here's what you do. Treat her the way you would treat her as if you was getting everything you wanted. You know? You know, romance her. Do those nice things for her. Do these things that she likes, even though you're not going to get any payback. And some brothers know what I'm talking about. You're not going to get anything back for that. But treat her that way anyhow. All right? And you just, you just gain a lot of mileage, and this will last a long time. And I'm sure he did it. And they're happily married. They got about four kids. They're a great family. They, live, they moved out of state. And they're doing well. They're doing well, I believe. Amen. So what are we saying, brother? We're saying, do the thing 
that has to be done. Be an unselfish husband. Love her. Um, love her like Jesus loved the church and give yourself up, okay? Don't be that guy. Don't be that selfish man who won't go out his way for his wife. All right? That's not good. Amen. So we thank God. We're going to pull over right here, and we're going to thank God. Amen. I'm going to introduce my wife at this time, the one who's teaching me how to be a husband, our own, very own Pastor Linda Facing. Praise the Lord, saints. Praise the Lord. We thank and praise God for the word of God this morning. Amen. Um, a rich word challenging us on the marital relationships. And we know that um, we who are married understand that marriage is to instill in us a level of virtue that we never knew existed. And it's a good thing. Marriage is a good thing. I was thinking about the word from last week and this week. Um, and you know, when God made Eve, she made a mate that was fit for Adam. That's what the word said. She was meat. She was fit. She was the right, perfect piece uh, to complete Adam for the purpose for which God put them together. And he gave them certain things to do. But we who are married have to understand what it means to be the right fit. Doesn't mean we're perfect. Doesn't mean we are in a uh, eternal state of bliss, but it means that we have a purpose to impart and to assist another life. God joined us together for purpose, and that is uh, one of the uh, main things that we have to keep in front of us when we're married, when we're going through difficulties. And I don't believe you're really married if you don't have problems, amen. Marriage comes with difficulty, and it comes with challenges, and it comes with problems, because two people are trying to formulate one purpose, and that's God's purpose. Um, so don't be discouraged. Don't feel bad. You who are single, don't go, oh, Lord, they're always saying that. We're always saying it because it's always true. Amen. But it is a good thing. It is good. Um, God was pleased with that. He stepped back and said, mm, this is good. And we know Eve was real good. Amen. So we thank God for this. Amen. I just want to go before the throne at this time and pray with you. Uh, there, we take nothing for granted. We know that many things are going on today, 
Um, as we uh, socially distance, but socially interact with one another, we know many things are going together. So we just want to uh, go before the Lord, agree with you on some things, and intercede for others on your behalf. Amen. Family is important. Family's vital. And the enemy, make no mistake, his attack is against the family. He wants to destroy what God has created. Amen. Uh, not so much the trees, because he knows they're in constant obedience to God. The animals, the trees, you know, the, the weather. Amen. But we, he understands, God gave us will, right? Free will. And um, if he could just get us to buck against the God's creation, he's a little bit satisfied. Amen. He would desire all men turn from God, but we know that's not going to happen. Amen. But he does fight against the family, that one institution that is powerful against his kingdom. He fights it. Amen. Father God, we thank you for the word of God this morning. We bless your name for the people of God. Amen. Those that are under the sound of our voices this morning, Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus that you provide a special blessing and a special covering, Lord, for your people. During these times, during these challenging times, Lord, we need your visitation. We need your presence. We need your presence in our home. We need your presence on our job, Lord. We need your presence in our interactions daily, Lord. Oh, God, we open up ourselves like we have never before to hear you, to understand you, Lord. Reveal, reveal to us, oh God, your desires for us concerning our relationships, concerning family, whether we be husbands, wives, mothers, daughters, aunts, uncles, grandparents, God, wherever we're named in the family, Lord Jesus, speak to us, Lord. Help us to understand that there is relevance. There is relevance in us, oh God. You have things that you desire to do in each and every one of us, Lord. God, help us not to grow weary, during these days. Help us to not be tired, Lord, and restless, God, as we cover up our face with masks to protect ourselves from one another, Lord. Help us not to cover ourselves from you, but become more open, more vulnerable in the name of Jesus, God. We ask, God, that you go into the homes where there's dysfunction, where there's arguing, where there's bickering, where there's fighting, God, even where it's become physical, God. Arrest the spirit of discord in the name of Jesus. God, move, move, God. Let there be peace, God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray, oh God, for the unsaved the unsafe husbands, the unsafe wives, Lord Jesus. Oh God, we would that all come to repentance in the name of Jesus. Save God. Save and deliver in the name of Jesus. God, we speak, oh God, in the name of Jesus to the issues of the home, God. Oh, God, bring us together in unity where finances, oh, God, are posing challenge, where there's a lack of discipline, a lack of trust, a lack of integrity, God. Convict our hearts 
in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you for your grace to give us another chance, to give us another opportunity. We thank you, God, because you have not closed the book on of us, Lord. You believe in us, God. We thank you for hope. We thank you for hope in the name of Jesus, God. We pray, Lord, that you revitalize our hearts. Revitalize our spirits daily, Lord, in the name of Jesus. While we rely on social media, God, to hear your word and to see uh, churches, God, let us not forsake your scriptures. Let us not look to social media platforms to determine our code and to determine our morality and to determine our stance and set our standards, God, but bring us back to your word in the name of Jesus. God, break, break yokes, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray, Lord, and we pray a special blessing on our pastors and leaders, God, and those, oh God, that are trying to do this new thing, Lord, and yet get your word out, God. Let them not grow weary, but encourage them in the name of Jesus. We thank you for this, Lord. So much we lay before you, not just in this America, but worldwide, nations, are being challenged, Lord. And we ask, God, that you have mercy until we know this is not over until you say it's over, God. But would you, Lord Jesus, be merciful and gracious, Lord Jesus, even in this, Lord. This we ask in Jesus' name we pray and we say amen, amen, and God bless you. We would like to thank you for joining the Living Water Christian Center Church for our Sunday morning virtual service. Although the physical doors of our church may be closed, our ministry is committed to spreading the gospel message and staying connected with you as we shelter in place. If you need any assistance or would like to send any prayer requests, you can contact us at 973-902-9933 or livingwater374 at gmail.com. We are also available via direct message at any of our social media platforms. To support our ministry with your tithes and offering, you can use PayPal at livingwaterccc, Cash App at livingh2ochurch, or Zelle at 973-902-9933. Follow us at Living Water H2O Church on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to stay updated on our virtual worship services, Sunday school classes, prayer meetings, and Bible studies. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Be blessed and stay safe.